Good day, everyone. My name is Angel Dialwis. This podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Access. Full details of our business management courses can be found in ultimateaccess.net. Good day to you all. And in today's session, we've got Chris Chandler with us. Chris, welcome to the show. I'd like to uh, get you to introduce yourself, please, and tell us uh, where you're based, where you're working, and what you've been up to. Sure, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, So, uh, hello, everyone. Uh, My name's Chris. I'm based here in Dubai, which I think must be one of the best places in the world to be in during the COVID lockdown. We seem uh, to have a a lot of freedoms here and still enjoying things uh, in the best time of the year in in Dubai over the winter period. Uh, uh, I've just started a new role uh, for a a B2B travel company called Webbeds, uh, again based in Dubai, but we're looking after the Middle East and Africa region as well as America's region. So a lot of uh, different markets there. Um, previously, and how I know you, Andrew, of course, is through my my role at Emirates, Emirates Group, Emirates Airline, everyone knows probably, uh, and, and the Donata Group, uh, and a, a fantastic place to work for uh, over the last sort of previous eight years. Um, obviously, very challenging industry, this travel and, and, and uh, airline uh, at the moment. Uh, but we're learning a lot and, and uh, looking forward to, to, to a good recovery. Uh, pre, uh, originally, I'm from New Zealand, and uh, I took off in 2005 for my OE. So that, for anyone who's not Australasian or South African, that means overseas experience. Uh, normally, after qualification, you go away for two years, um, mostly London back in those days. Uh, I went to Scotland, uh, and so I'm now in the 16th year of my two-year overseas experience uh, and still enjoying it, and uh, no plans to to, to go home uh, at the moment, uh, liking liking things here in Dubai. Thank you, Chris. And uh, I know you really thrived in the technology space and you love it. i just like to hear from you um, some things related, some important aspects related to technology transition and transformation in a project and what you think are uh, really important in this space for a company? Great question. Uh, I, I am passionate about technology and primarily because I do see it driving most of the changes in, in all organizations, in all industries, uh, and in all departments, not just finance, of course, uh, whether it be commercial, sales, procurement, you name it, HR. Technology is, is the, the, the primary driver of change here. So, so my view is always to be close to the technology, uh, try and know it as much as possible, and help it drive my changes for myself and my teams, uh, more and more importantly. I think in, in terms of What's most important about a, a technology transformation or technology project? Um, probably the thing that I've, I now spend most of my time focusing on when I do any changes, whether it be technology-driven or not, is on this, this concept of change management. And, uh, and I know that's a fluffy management word, and it's not really – sometimes you think, well, what the hell does that mean? But my view with technology is is that normally and probably in all, actually in all, all, all situations I've been involved in the technology was always well advanced of the user 
Uh, technology was never the problem. Uh, it was always the change management that was the problem. So now when I do any sort of technology changes, I'm completely focused on the human capital aspect, the, the, the user, uh, and how you get the most out of your technology. And so the best thing I've ever learnt or been taught about change management is that uh, uh, resistance to change is normally lack of clarity. So in any technology transition, project, whatever you want to call it, my biggest focus is now on how do I give uh, my team, my stakeholders, my customers, whoever you want to say, as much clarity as possible on why we're using this technology. And so in my, in my previous role, we had a lot of, uh, it's called legacy te- technology. And I'd want to sort of change things and improve things and bring in new types of technology that was sort of being purchased by our organization. Uh, uh, and, and you just get that normal amount of resistance. And I think resistance is clearly understandable. Uh, we all, we all have, uh, uh, we always get a bit fearful of technology, I guess, um, deep down. We think it's going to uh, take away our jobs or, or change things that we can't control. Uh, but what I would always do is, is try and give as much clarity on why I thought this technology was part of our future. And, and the, the, the analogy I used to always use is that when you have these teams that, that uh, were resistant to that change, and I would try and actually use an example of, uh, you know, show me your phone. Show me your personal phone. And so these, you know, these, these, these team members who have been using the same technology for years and years and years, when they put out their phone, nine times out of 10, they had quite a new mobile phone. And I'd say to them, well, hang on a minute. You haven't had this phone all your life. You've only had this phone probably one year, two years, three years. Why did you take up that technology? Why, did you, why were you okay to update your phone, but you don't, you don't want to update your business process? Or you don't want to use this new technology. And normally the reason was they had, they had, they had clarity why they did it. Um, you know, I used to hear that, oh, no, my daughter only communicates to me on WhatsApp or, or Messenger or whatever it is now. And so once they had that clarity of, of why they needed that technology, they accepted it. And so I always said to them, well, look, you know, this is why I think, this is the clarity I think for our business technology, our business process, why we need to, to change here. Uh, and then the other thing I'd always do with, with, with our technology transitional technology uh, uh, projects is that let, let give clarity that will this amount of change is very small to what you've done beforehand. And so what I mean by that is everyone goes through so much more change from a personal perspective, especially here in Dubai. We've got a lot of uh, large expat working, uh, working uh, teams. And so the move to Dubai was a lot more change than anything I was ever going to do. So I'd, the first thing that you, that you need to do with any sort of technology or any, any sort of a, uh, change in process is try and give as much clarity on why why you need to have uh, the change and try and take that fear away. So as part of this process of trying to give that clarity, you then say, look, you know, this technology is coming. Yes, your job will change. You'll do things differently, but that will enable you to do A, B, and C now, which you've never been able to do. It may give you a more better work-life balance. Uh, and so that, that's probably the first thing I, I always do now in every sort of uh, technology project as I try to give as much clarity on why this technology is there and, and try and visualize for my, for my teams why it's important to, to embrace it. Thank you, Chris. From a finance professional, senior finance professional's perspective, is it right to state that, well, 
our principles have not changed. It's the way we do things that have changed. So, um, you know, the controls are still there. Uh, segregation of duties, it's still there. But now it's moved to a different space, right? Maybe we are we are storing instead of in cupboards our files, etc. We're storing them in the cloud, or you know we are transacting online. Uh, there's a lot of e-commerce happening. So we've we've kind of our principles have not changed, but technology has taken us to a different space, isn't it? I think that's uh, completely correct. Uh, you know, enterprise value. Um, you know, how I, what I always talk to my my teams about is that value is is actually quite a simple uh, equation. A a share price and enterprise value. It simply value is equal to cash divided by risk. And so, to increase value, either cash goes up or risks go down or some some uh, mixture of balance between those two things and that hasn't changed I, I don't see it changing the future but what technology does on both sides of that equation either the cash side or the risk side it enables you to either decrease your risks with your, your controls your analytics your, your your data your transparency or increase your cash by being able to do things quicker sell different channels whatever it is so I, I completely agree with the with the fact that our our principles, our, our our core model as finance professionals, that's no different. How we execute our, our management of risk, how we execute our, our management of, of our cash generating activities, that, that is going to be enabled by technology. Uh, and, and, and I think the, the professionals of the future will be using that technology to, to give them more speed, quality, uh, and amount of either cash transparency or risk transparency. Yeah, thank you. And you spoke about uh, professionals of the future. So with that, I want to ask you uh, this question. When recruiting a team member, what are some of the skills that you look for? Uh, I, I think it kind of links to my first answer about, you know, what's the key thing with uh, with technology projects, and it's not the technology, it's not whether you're an SAP or an Oracle expert, it's really your ability to change and adapt to change, and for my leadership positions, to drive change. Uh, you know, all our businesses are getting more and more complex, and, uh, and, and and things are moving really quickly, and and really the, the ability to, to work out exactly where things are going to go in the future is... is very difficult, basically impossible. Therefore, the best skill to have is the ability to change quickly. And so for my teams, for my, my leadership uh, positions, I want people that can change quickly because I don't know exactly what's going to happen. And uh, so in all my interviews and all my, uh, my questions, I do always pr uh, probe their ability to change, their attitude towards change, and, and their desire to change. And uh, you know, every organization has to get better and better. And no, no organization staying still. I would, I would, I believe every every industry is getting more and more complex. All your customers are getting more and more complex. They're wanting more, and more personalized niche services. All your suppliers are getting more and more complex. So your ability to better change and adapt is actually the the key skill there. And so, um, you know, in some ways now, uh, you know, back in my day at school it was about rote learning. 
and trying to you know, memorize skills and, and, and repeat them back in, a, in an exam paper. Now all knowledge is on the internet. You can Google it. You can get any question you want. You can Google it. So, you know, the competitive advantage in the future is not about how much information you have. It's about how much, it's about how you actually use that information to change and improve your business towards your customers uh, and, and for your organization. Thank you, Chris. The last question for you is about a very important topic, which is well-being. So I'd like to find out from you, what does well-being mean to you and any advice on how to improve one's well-being? That's a tough one. What a great question to finish on. Uh, well-being to me means balance i think i think i think that's probably the, the key word i would use and i and i think we all we're all well versed now with the amount of data and advice out there about the the need for physical activity and exercise uh, the positive effects that has on you uh we're probably well versed on you know, our spirituality our spirituality sorry and our emotional needs i, I think my, my advice and, and what well-being means to me is having that all in balance uh, and that means your work life and your personal life and your emotional life and your, your physical condition. So it's not going to the gym eight days a week. Uh, it's not working so hard. You need to have everything in balance, I, I believe, personally. That's what I'm trying to achieve, uh, trying to keep uh, all those things. Uh, uh, um, everyone's proportions will be different, but I think it's very important that for those sort of key aspects of your life, uh, if you want to have a high level of well-being, I think you need to be balanced. And those and those proportions, I'm going to change week to week. Um, but I, I definitely know I feel best when I do have them in balance, when I do to get my exercise, when I get my time to myself, when I get my time with a friend, when I get my time with the family. And I also get a, a, a good good uh, time at work to sort of focus on certain things. So I think my advice to, to everyone out there is try and balance all those needs as much as you can uh, week on week. Try and be structured about the balance. Uh and 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 I, I don't think these are sort of things you can catch up on later. We can go to the gym all week, all day, one week, and not the next day. Or you can work all. You need to try and keep it in balance in, in that time. Thank you, Chris. That was great uh, talking to you, and uh, thank you very much for your insight. Look forward to having you again in our show. Have a great day. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, thank you for the invite, and all the best to you to you and your listeners. I hope you found this session useful. This podcast is brought to you by Ultimate Access and I'm your host, Andrew Dialvis. Thank you.